With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! your kids lock the doors you're listening to hr's most dangerous podcast chad soash and joel cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts complete with breaking news rash opinion and loads of snark buckle up boys and girls it's time for the chad and cheese podcast oh yeah apple is expanding its self-repair program to most of europe and the uk it's about time europe did some shit on their own Top of the morning, kids. This is the Chad and Cheese Podcast Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel, self-serve since 1984, Cheeseman. I'm Chad, upset in the making so wash. And I'm leaving, soon to be an AI-powered poet, Van Eeuwenhuizen. And on this episode, Leapsum gets some Big Apple, buy or sell, and France is no fun. Let's do this. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, it is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. What's up, boys? Oh, baby. I, my, my liver is killing me from all this World Cup soccer. I never thought, oh, I'm sorry, World Cup football. Uh, I never <laughs> thought uh, a sport would hurt my liver so bad. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, you can't see it, but Levin is like full on Europe today. The black turtleneck, like the the suave hair. It's it's. Ve- I'm very in the mood for this podcast now. Very in the mood, guys. I just I need some Duval, some dictatorship in 1930s. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to World Cup soccer. Oh my God. Yeah, so we got France and England. Jesus, that's going to be a fun matchup, right? What else that's we got coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, well, first and foremost, let's let let's get through this real quick. I, I can't believe that uh, first and foremost, Canada makes it, but Belgium is only one mm. spot better than Canada. They they went mm. into like the last UEFA as the number one team. They were highly ranked this time, but they didn't even make it out of the groups. The USA, say this again, the USA actually made it out America. of the groups. We got beat by the Dutch, but but still, but still. By the way, my, my wife, who's Canadian, I think a lot of listeners know that, said one of the most Canadian things ever after Canada was bounced. She said, at least we scored a goal, so we did something good. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's one of the most Canadian things I've ever heard in my life. At least we scored a goal. Uh, 
That is awesome. Well, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep everything rolling with the uh, with my first shout out, which is to Germany and to uh, a couple of my German friends, Arno and Stefan. They bet me that Germany would actually make it further than Portugal in the World yep. Cup. Much appreciated, gents. Uh, I'm going to be uh, enjoying a lot of alcohol on them again. World Cup. Oh, my God. Alcohol. Uh, let's try that again in four years. I love it. The Germans really disappoint. You talk about the Belgians or the Belgians. I mean, oh, yeah. Germany, I guess yeah. Italy not even getting in was the worst of the European countries. But <laughs> that was bad. Damn. That was pretty bad. That was bad. Well. My shout out to get back to what this podcast should be about, and that is work. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the four day work week. In case you missed it, a hundred UK companies have signed up for a permanent four day work week for all their employees with no loss of pay as part of a larger study by some major universities. The hundred companies employ only 2,600 people, a tiny fraction of UK's working population, but it may be enough to spark a bigger trend. Here are some of the results. From this, uh, from this survey, uh, a four-day work week led to higher sales to the tune of 8% higher, by the way, uh, lower burnout rates and improved attendance with employees using less sick or personal time per month. As someone who remembers when casual Friday was cool, I expect this will be a trend for smaller companies to recruit better talent at first and then something bigger companies adopt to compete as well. I can hear China now saying, enjoy your three-day weekends, you entitled bunch of Western sissies. Shout out to the four-day work week. <laughs> when they're not in COVID lockdown, for God's sake. Yeah, Jesus. that's insane. That's insane. It is fucking crazy. It, the shot. They've got, I mean, it, they've got it. I, I don't know what the problem is. Anyway. They don't have the shot. It's part of the problem. They don't want to buy it from us. They have a shot. Yeah, they have a <laughs> yeah. shot. It's just it's, maybe they got the Sputnik from uh, from Russia. Fuck, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it's going to hit them. Event. They're just postponing the inevitable. I don't. Anyway, China. I don't know. Leaving. You got a shout out? Yeah, my shout out goes to Mark Thibault, who's a colleague from um, Bank Capital. So they're new colleagues. They're actually our owners, and he just Your posted sugar daddy. Yeah, yep, sugar daddy indeed. <laughs> no, no. And uh, Mark just posted, and I was pretty impressed, a poem. He didn't write himself, but he had OpenAI write a poem for him about House of HR. And that's not really impressive, but the poem actually is. He just put House of HR into the beta version of OpenAI, and the tool went all by itself looking for information about House of HR and wrote a poem about it, which doesn't even suck that hard. <laughs> So um, I'm going to write to... It doesn't suck that hard. <laughs> if, if you ask OpenAI to write a poem, you think it'll suck, but the rhythm is more or less okay, and it makes sense to a certain extent. So I'll just give you two verse, and then you can, uh, you can comment on it. So the only thing we said to uh, OpenAI was write a poem about House of HR. And it came up with this. A house of HR, a magical place. It's a bit of Christmas spirit, you know. A house of HR, a magical place where all the special people race to work each day providing care with a knowledge of all employee affairs. A house of HR, a beacon of light, gathering data and shining bright, making sure, etc., etc. And so it goes on. But actually, it did figure out, I think it's visited our website or something, what we were doing, what our business was, that it was about people, about taking care. And this, I think, could offer opportunities for writing vacancies. It could make our people's life, if they could write a poem about, about each vacancy. 
can we put in there don't suck so hard and see what what comes out of the ai <laughs> yeah i think you're I'm gonna going get to, some pictures yeah. it won't be used for job descriptions it'll be used for stupid shit like that probably here's a message that i received from martin lentz uh the ceo over at uh jobico he actually asked open ai the question who is smarter chad sowash or joel cheeseman and this is what came out both Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are renowned leaders in the HR and recruitment industry, and they both bring a unique perspective and expertise to their field. It is impossible to say who is smarter as the two offer different perspectives and skill sets that are beneficial in their own right. That was written by OpenAI, which just proves it's bullshit because I'm much smarter than Cheeseman is. <laughs> but... You, you took care not to mention my uh, name. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that because we uh, already know it's going to uh, say. We, we okay. would, but we don't know how to spell it. We'd have to look it up. We can't. Uh, uh, which answers the question, of course, who, who of the three is the most, uh, the most intelligent one? Uh, Topics! It would kick out because it'd say there's too many vowels. Mm. <laughs> this show's going off the rails quickly. Uh, let's try to get to some news here. Let's talk about Leapsum. After taking on funding $60 million, to be precise, uh, for the first time in over eight years of operation, Berlin-based people enablement platform Leapsum has fully committed to its promise to accelerate its U.S. market presence with the opening of a dedicated office in good old New York City. Leapsum is stepping up its American market presence with a 25-person staff all working out of a Madison Avenue office, most likely a WeWork, and plans to increase that number to 50-plus people by the end of this year. Recession be damned. Chad, America remains the land of boats and hoes for many global companies. What's your take on Leapsum coming to America or just companies in our space generally coming to U.S. and A? Leapsum? I don't even know them. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'll be here all week. Try the lamb chop. Uh, this is a, <laughs> this is a great Series A. I mean, for an HR star startup, for goodness sakes, and especially an HR startup in Germany. So kudos to to Leapsum's uh, leadership team for for getting them cash and starting uh, what they said in the article. Uh, would be a hiring spree. Uh, their current staff is at 25 and they uh, have over 50 positions listed on their career site. So I dug into them and, and I, wanna, I wanna break it down into three fairly simple points. Number one, stop the spree. Uh, we're seeing a ton of vendors already cut away the bloat right now because they received cash and then they went into a hiring spree just like this. So my advice is slow the fuck down, grow responsibly, Look at what's happening around you so that you're not cutting 40% of your staff in, in 12 months. Number two, win at home first. Uh, here's, here's a quote directly from the article. The U.S. software market is the largest in the world and companies here are already focusing more on the potential of the people enablement category than in the European market, end quote. So, okay, if that's truly the case, then why the fuck did you start a people enablement company in Germany in the first place? That just screams no due diligence. I know vendors are going to continue coming to American shores. I, I totally get that because there are gold in them, there are hills, but most of these companies weren't even prepared to win in Europe. So why in the hell do they think they even have a chance in, in the U.S.? Number three, get a bigger boat. 
Lattice has about 330 million in funding out of San Francisco. They're already in the US. BetterWorks, 130, around 130 million in funding out of Menlo Park, California, already in the US. Uh, 15.5, 94 million in funding, San Francisco, California, already in the US. Now, Culture Ramp out of Melbourne, Australia, they got a bigger boat at around 260 million. I love to see companies get funding, but I hate to see shitty go to market in place. I hope Leapsome actually finds some industry experts to help guide them on this journey because uh, just getting an office uh, at a WeWork in New York does not account for actually invading the US. So seeing Levin in a black turtleneck and talking about <laughs> German companies makes me think of Sprockets, which makes it hard to talk about anything uh, business related. But it's actually navy blue. It's not black. It's navy blue. It looks black on my tiny screen, Levin. Touch my monkey. My Touch my monkey. My Liebchen. <laughs> so there's good news here. Uh the HR tech market globally is, is expected to grow from $24 billion in 2021 to 35, roughly $35.5 billion by 2038. Uh, and it's clear that having boots on the ground in one of the biggest economies on the planet, i.e. the U.S. of A, is a nice uh, thing to not even think about, but a nice thing to do. And it's something that a lot of investors are pushing companies uh, to go into, whether they, they like it or not, or whether they are ready um, or, or not. Uh, Leapsome already has 20% of its revenues from the U.S. of A, so it makes sense that you would try to grow that exponentially. However, here's the bad news. Uh, the U.S. is an unforgiving and challenging market. Many companies have come here and died or felt the wrath of uh, America. The people part, I think, is the toughest. It's easy to think, well, we have this cool software. It goes into multiple languages. Like we can easily get some people in the U.S. and make it work. Unfortunately, the people is the hard part. We've seen companies like Hi Bob uh, and Vonk come here uh, and seen staff shakeups uh, shortly after coming over. Uh, we've seen Hire Easy, a company out of mainly out of China, uh, hire the right people. Uh, in this case, Shannon Pritchett to be the face of the organization and grow accordingly. So getting the people thing right um, is really, really challenging, um, but not a slam dunk. Throw in the fact that you, New York is a very expensive city, uh, the looming recession, uh, and this venture by Leapsome becomes that much tougher. So I say good luck. I agree with Chad, you're gonna need a bigger boat. Uh, go step by step, try to grow organically, but don't get too excited. Now that you're here in America, good luck to you, Leapsome. You're going to need it. <laughs> Leaving. Well, whatever brings those expensive dollars to Europe is a good thing, I think. So if Leapsome uh, is opening uh, an office in New York, it was, and it uh, raises some money there and uh, they transfer it back to Europe, I'm all pro. But uh, as you both mentioned, probably those won't be Those strong easy. dollars are good for Europe, aren't they, Leaving? Yeah, but we need them, we need them, huh? So uh, bring them on, bring them on. Come to Bruges and spend them all. <laughs> I was thinking about, hey, okay, so um, 500 out of their 1,500 customers are US-based already. So I think it's about time they opened up there. Then again, if they could have 500 customers without having an office, why doing the efforts? Why, why, uh, why opening in, in the end? But uh, like you say, New York is expensive. And, and at different levels, uh, a friend of mine called me last week very proud he's opening his first office in new york 
and he has got a, a growth agency with I don't know 50 people working so a small agency and he's opening in New York because he had one major client who only could work with him if he had an office in New York or in the United States at least it's about leg legislation I'm not sure what maybe it's a company policy but they needed an office if they wanted to have a long-term collaboration and then He said, okay, but we, uh, so the friend of mine said, we, we got a grant from a uh, Belgian government for 70,000 euros to get us started in New York. So 70,000 euros is like uh, a few months only opening one office, but it's a, it's a good idea. Personally, I don't like those grants because it's my tax spenders money or ta taxpayers money going uh, to support those little startups. If I wanted to support a startup, I'd buy some shares and then I'd got shares. Now I don't even have shares. But um, I don't think government should be supporting startups in that way. They could promote. Uh, you get my point. So uh, I think uh, Leapsum indeed uh, brings some money. The good, the good news is there's a lot of available commercial real estate all over the country. So I guess if you're <laughs> going to look to come to America, it is a good uh, market for commercial real estate. A lot of opening. Actually, it just seems like a mirage, though. We're going to plant our stake in a WeWork and... Very it, alluring. It, it, to, to me, it doesn't feel real. Not And again, you know, I go back to... If you start the company in Europe and you can't even and you can't even get a foothold in, in, in beyond Germany, what makes you think that you can come to the US and do it? I mean, 20% is great, but if you take a look at just the revenue that they get, I think the MRR just to get started, it starts at eight bucks, right? <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like a freemium plus model. Let's just say that. I mean, speaking of German companies, we love Personio, yeah. and part of the reason why we love Personio is they're laser-focused in the European market, and looking at others like Hi Bob, and I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Again, America is very alluring. A lot of money here, a lot of sexy companies are really attracted to that, and investors are even more attracted to that. Um, I'm guessing a lot of investors want some office space in the U.S. from investments that they make overseas as well. well I'll give you a great example. This morning, I was talking to a CEO in our space who uh, they have received funding in the last uh, year or so. And in the release, they said that they were going to come to the U.S. And I asked mm -hmm. them about, okay, when you coming? How's it going? And he's like, I have no clue just yet. Right. So, I mean, it's like, it's just like this, this, this opportunity to be able to get more cash and, or the, uh, the PE firms are like, well, you know what, we're just going to throw the U S in there as kind of like, you know, in, into the grab sure. bag. So it's like everybody's saying it, whether it's actually real or not. Again, I don't think a, we work is real, but if it's actually real, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, it's tough. And even our friends at uh, Wreckfest coming to America, it's going to be fun to watch uh, how they spin their conference to an American audience. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait either, frankly, but uh, it's not it's not my money. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys. How about a little buy or sell? One of our favorite games for our listeners that yes. don't know how this works. We talk about three companies that have recently gotten funding. I read a quick summary, and then all the boys chime in on whether it's a buy or sell 
from their breadth of experience in the recruitment market. Let's play a little buy or sell, shall we? All right, let's talk about surfboard, London-based surfboard, because when you think of surfing, you think of London, don't you? Uh, Surfboard has raised $5 million in a seed round. Uh, The startup is a planning tool intended for customer service teams. Surfboard says, quote, creating happy and healthy working environments result in great customer service, end quote. Founded in 2021, the company intends to use the funds to accelerate product development, grow its team, and deepen its integrations. They employ 20 people. Chad, are you ready to hang 10, or is Surfboard destined to crash into the competitive waves of HR tech? Out 4.8 million euros in seed funding is pretty damned respectable, especially especially in Europe. Uh, I love the focus on solutioning for a huge industry like customer service, one of the biggest industries in the world. Uh, if you can get this right, then you can iterate uh, into other closely related industries like sales uh, and, and, and others like that. And a great example is Salesforce, uh, was just a sales platform. It iterated into customer service and, and, and marketing. So if you get this right, and again, you're focusing on already a, a big industry, so your TAM's bigger than than, than any other niche. Uh, the ability to tie together different systems and then provide transparency to the management team is key for for managing remote workers, uh, understanding the impact of new products that are, that are rolled out, and even planning for what size uh, the team might need to be in about 12 months. I think this is smart all the way around. It's definitely a buy for me. Very nice, very nice. Well, uh, I don't know much about the intricacies of keeping a customer service team happy, but I know it's important and I know it also must be challenging. I like that Surfboard is laser focused on that single problem. I like that customer service impacts businesses all over the world. However, here's what I don't like about Surfboard. It smells a lot like a commodity and something any platform could add if they wanted to. The pricing is really low, in my opinion, and I think the commodity aspect will only drive prices for this product even lower. Also, technology is getting better about addressing customer needs, which means fewer customer service human beings because, well, tech can handle it. Making this, in my opinion, a low growth opportunity, the best they can hope for is some platform buying them out. All I need in life are some tasty waves and a cool buzz but I'm a sell on surfboard. Mm. All right, Levin, tiebreaker. I am in a buying mood, but uh, after looking at surfboards, it's just, to me, it's just another hybrid remote work planning platform like that we've seen so many past year. They're founded in 2021 and they're so 2021. I mean, we're beyond that now. They got 4 million, which is a lot, you're right. Seed, seed, funding stage that's a lot but they're london based so they'll spend it in six months all on on rent (laughs) and partying so i think i'll sell but if they move to scotland i might reconsider nice nice all right let's get the feels with madrid based i feel an emotional well-being platform for companies They announced a 10 million euro Series A round. Uh, That brings their total to 18 million euros. 
Founded in 2017, iFeel aims to address the much-needed gap in the market as employers look to address the emotional well-being of their employees through their web or app available on iOS and Android. They'll use the funds to expand the business into new markets, introduce new products, and increase sales capabilities. Chad, is I feel a warm hug or a cold shoulder? Given me the feels. So the pandemic allowed companies like this to launch and gain quick traction. Uh, in a more remote world with even more detached leaders, it's much harder to identify when employees are going to, when they're going through a hard time, when they need help. So offering access to a network of therapists is brilliant and probably one of the best quote unquote, take care of people, easy buttons for any HR leader in today's market. Just an easy buy. I feel works in 23 countries, 21 languages, and has a team of more than 600 psychologists who specialize in 30 different areas of, of therapy. The pricing looks affordable. And this also helps therapists scale their time in business as well. So growing the network should be easy. I'm not sure of the pricing model, but this could be pretty amazing MRR business that caters to uh, almost like seats in, in some cases. They have 800,000 users. Uh, I don't know if that's like, or if that's just like over the year, but with those types of numbers, I see a large healthcare system coming in for a big payday in the next 12 to 18 months. So for me, this is a this is an easy, easy buy. Man, being in Europe is making you really soft, so wash. All right, so you mentioned some of the numbers. 800,000 users, which to me sounds just a little bit uh, suspect, uh, 800,000 users. Anyway, uh, 600 therapists, uh, 23 countries, 21 languages. It sounds really hard not to love this company, which obviously my, my co-host loves this company. The question for me, however, is where is this trend of employee well-being going? Uh, with COVID, mental health went to the front of the class because people were stressed as hell at home, daycaring their kids and dealing with all the shit uh, that COVID brought with us. But with offices opening back up, layoffs and hiring freezes aplenty, is the need still going to be there in mass for employee well-being? I say no. Companies are going to cut and warm and fuzzy tech like this is going to be the first tech that gets cut from budgets. And I don't think it's coming back for many employers. I think it's a luxury that many are going to pass on. It's too niche for me. I'm not feeling the feel. I'm a sell on Madrid-based, I feel. It should be Joel Bah Humbug Cheeseman is what it should be. <laughs> and you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> All right, Levin, uh, break this tie. Okay. Now, the problem is only companies who actually care about people will use a platform like that. And the companies who really need a platform like this, they just don't care. So they won't invest in it. So you've got a business problem there. And I think, I wonder if, uh, if I'm going to make sure this is a decent investment, I'll have to ask myself, are there enough companies who care? And I'm really afraid now. So um, the business probably is rather small like you say it's a niche and also i've got a problem with names i'm very sensitive to names company names and i feel i mean if you want to troll a company a company like i feel it's so easy to troll let's say i feel like shit i feel miserable i feel it's it's so easy so 
They always say there's no such thing as bad uh, advertisement, but there is, there is, believe me. I don't think I would invest my own money in it, maybe someone else's. So as just in the U.S. alone, the mental health is over $200 billion industry. That's how niche it is, Levin, just so that you know. Getting defensive. My, my. We just did a little research. I want to make sure that these people, I feel, I feel. I know, I know, I know. know. All right. Uh, I feel your pain. I love a spirited buy or sell, which brings us to our third and final company. What's your vector, Victor? London-based <laughs> Vector has raised two million pounds in a pre-seed round. Indeed, co-founder Paul Forrester is an investor, founded in 2021 by husband and wife team Anna Buldikova and Victor Buldikov. I don't know why one has an A at the end and one doesn't. I don't know. Uh, Vector provides a mentorship platform which aims to enable people to grow in their career uh, that they are passionate about across uh, skills like engineering, design, product, et cetera. The company intends to use the funds to accelerate growth and expand operations. Chad, is this vector a victory for mentorship platforms or is it destined for the agony of defeat? People are getting money, man. I mean, 2.5 million in pre-seed funding. I think we used to call that angel funding. Fuck, I don't know. I've been a part of mentorship platforms before. And and in theory, they sound great, but in a day-to-day scenario, they just fall flat. Why? Because they are not generally connected to just an ad, uh, just add water type of source of mentors. For example, if you have a community like GitHub and then you start a mentoring platform on top as an engagement uh, layer, it makes more sense because the community of users are already there. Obviously the platform's there, so it just makes sense. So adding mentorship flows easily, but starting a standalone mentorship platform just doesn't make any sense because people who register, if you're lucky, if they, they'll register, they never come back. So for me, and again, from, from my uh, experience in using these platforms, these standalone platforms, it's gotta be a sell for me. Interesting. All right. OK Boomer has been a popular put down for the past few years, but there are a lot of mature and educated people around the world who are going to be looking for something to do with all their knowledge that they've accumulated throughout life. And services like Vector are primed to take advantage of this demographic shift. They're going to help these folks make some money in retirement, ultimately. Add a ton of Generation Zs and Alphas who are going to need some guidance. And you have a recipe for success on a lot of different levels to me. Uh, Think of this as Tinder bringing old folks with experience and young people with no knowledge together in a happy marriage. Uh, There will likely be a lot of competition in this space, but Vector is off to a great start, which is, for my money, Vector bringing old folks and young folks together is a buy. Break the tie, Levin. I think you have just too much money. Uh, if you want to buy it all. I checked our website and actually I liked our website, but I just couldn't figure out how they, their business model works. If you look at their site, you can't find anything about who is going to pay who, how are you going to make money? So maybe I missed it, but then again, it's 
if I miss it, many people will. But um, that's uh, raising some doubts for me. And as Chad said, I've been also mentor on some of those uh, mentoring platforms. And after a few times, it gets annoying because basically all you got is ambitious people asking the same questions. Hi, I want to get a race. Uh, what should I do to get a race? And don't tell me I need to work hard. And don't tell me I need to, to learn something. I don't have the time. Damn, I was just going to, to suggest work harder and, and, and learn something. But that's what I don't want to do. And then my uh, mentoring ship stopped. So um, I think this could work if LinkedIn would add a mentoring component at their uh, website. That's, that could be something. Maybe if the people from Vector are listening, I'm sure they are, uh, just contact me and let me know how your business model works because I couldn't find it. Are you a buy or sell, damn it? Yeah, yeah, sell. Okay. Sell. Sell. All right, who's ready for fun? Yay, fun. Everybody, except, well, unless you're in France. Unless you're in France. By the way, buy or sell is, is now over, everybody. That was that was spirited. I don't know if we've ever had, like, three tiebreakers in a, in a row. That was, that was fun. Uh, anyway, more news from the world of recruiting. Uh, a French court has ruled that companies cannot fire their workers for failing to be sufficiently, quote-unquote, fun. The ruling comes after a man referred to as Mr. T, that's right, I pity the fool, uh, was fired from the Paris consultancy firm Cubic Partners in 2015 for refusing to participate in after-work drinks and team-building activities. Fun values included regulatory, obligatory social events that culminated in excessive alcoholism encouraged by colleagues who made very large quantities of alcohol available as well as practices pushed by colleagues involving promiscuity (laughs) bullying and incitement to various excesses this sounds like the best employment branding message of all time maybe it's just me anyway the court ordered cubic partners to pay mr t a whopping 3,000 euros for his troubles. Chad, you like fun values. What's your take on this story out of France? Fun values, including simulation of sexual acts and the obligation to share a bed with a colleague. Uh, yeah, the, the court mm. also found, the court found that because Mr. T's lack of participation in these fun values types of events actually got him a critical behavior reason cited for his dismissal. This is more hazing, I think, than it is fun. I could be wrong. I thought it was a career builder sales meeting in uh, Cabo (laughs) when I first read it. That escalated quickly. Levin, what's your take? They're damn right to fire him. But um, (laughs) I think... Uh, for 4,000 euros, I think, uh, good riddance. No fun at all. You know, the 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 real Mr. T played B.A. Baracus on the A-team, uh, which stood for bad attitude, which is what this Mr. T suffer, suffers from as well. We out. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. 
nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.